You know one of my favorite things in the world, right? We can't talk about some of my other favorite things, but my absolute favorite thing has to, you know, watching movie trailers. Oh my gosh, yes. And I I happened across a a really fun one, and uh, we've got Dana to join us today, so it is going to be so much fun. Let's see if he'll put me in one of his movies. Maybe. (laughs) Dana, what do you think? I've done a little acting. He has. (laughs) Yeah, I would I would cast you in a second. Right? He's pretty great. <laughs> one of my, my, my one of my favorite movies that I was in was like years and years and year, years ago. I was in uh, the um, I was an extra in JFK in the scene where, you know, they blocked off Commerce Street for like two weeks and we were all out there for that, you know, and and the motorcade would come through and it was like one of the coolest things you could ever imagine because it was mm-hmm. exactly like the Zapruder films, you know, that you remember wow. watching as a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a really good part, but then I lost it because every time the motorcade came through, I knew it was going to happen, so I'd run over and grab the president. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they must have loved you for that. Sure they did. <laughs> That's how real wait, it was. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dana, hey, it's great. To, we got to visit a little bit uh, last week, and I got to know him a little bit. Uh, good. Dana Glazier, did I say that correctly? You sure did. Thank you. Yeah, and so he's, like myself, been a big movie buff, and that's what got him involved in movies. And awesome. uh, we were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, that he, uh, watching movies with his dad probably at a young age is what got you kind of inspired, right? Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, I, I teach uh, at, uh, online classes on film, and this one particular class is about uh, war films. My father is a, a particularly big war film fan. So he's been in the class uh, among the other students. And, and after, after last night's class, he said to me, you know, now I understand where your passion for movie comes from. It, it, it just really came from me, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm like, uh, yeah, actually, it did. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it was kind of it was it was like an epiphany yeah. he had last night. It was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. gotten my dad's approval to that point yet. At, uh, not yet. Still working. He's on. not a big movie like buff. Well, he is a big movie buff, but not necessarily to my movies yet. You know, no. so I'm working on oh, that. Oh well, yeah. You know, and he's, uh, he's working on that. Working critical. on that. He's a great guy. Great guy. Make, make a movie about him. Yeah. Oh, he would love that. You could. Oh my gosh, that's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> Yeah. So what, what do you yeah. remember, like, one of your favorite movies you watched with your dad? Oh, we were just talking about this last night, in fact. Uh, the Adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn and Olivia de Havilland from 1938. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I've never seen yeah. it. That was, oh. Yeah, I know. Wow. I know. I know. <laughs> when you said Robin Hood, she thought immediately about, you know, the uh, Mel Kevin Brooks. Costner. Oh, no, the Kevin no, Costner no, one. That's what I thought Kevin Mel Brooks. Oh, she the, thought, I was thinking Mel Brooks. She's a little bit younger than we yeah, are. Was, yeah, she's probably your age, it. though. She's probably your age. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, like, it's not like I was around when it came out. But right. my father, uh, I remember very clo- clearly watching it with my parents uh, when I was four years old. And, and, and there was a... Uh, I think my father had to do something out of some, my father's a lawyer and he had to do something out of his office. And I came in and was, you know, playing with, uh, with, with paper and car, you know, pencils and mm-hmm. stuff. And, and then he, as we were driving back, I remember this very clearly as we were driving back, he said, Dana, I'm 
we're going to we're going to watch something really special when we get home of course you know this is in the 70s there was no vcr there was mm -hmm. when the movie came either you were there or you missed it <laughs> right <laughs> yeah right. Couldn't DVR, couldn't. I, remember, I remember seeing it very clearly with my with my parents uh you know uh on their bed watching they had a 25 inch color television Oh, wow. Sony that was huge. Yeah. That was a huge. That was enormous. That was the biggest they had. That's right. You know, and and the film left a a, a major impression on me. My father, mm -hmm. we were we were talking in the class about how you know the movie came out in nineteen thirties, and they shot uh, Sherwood Forest, not in Sherwood Forest, but in, mm -hmm. in California. And and uh, when my father came to my house years later, and we watched it on my projection screen on on a, a really nice DVD. I noticed that there were cars in the background going in the background of Sherwood Forest. <laughs> so it was really oh fun. Gosh, so anyway, we just, you know, it's, we, we, uh, it's, it's, it's a special thing. Uh, it, it's a, a special bond that my, my dad and I have always shared, you know, is this love mm -hmm. for classic movies and, mm -hmm. He's seen a lot more than I have, but I've, I've certainly seen my share. It's a lot of fun to watch some of those because as a movie buff or, uh, you know, someone like yourself, director, producer, writer, um, you learn so much about I'm always a big buff about history and how history helps you become mm -hmm. better in the future and in the present. And and you learn how that there are limitations compared to what we have today. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like the cameras were enormous. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the camera they shot Adventures of Robin Hood was was like the size of a large refrigerator. Right. It was, mm -hmm. you know, it was not like a, you couldn't just toss it around like, hey, let's shoot handheld with this shot. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there were, you know, it was a massive undertaking. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and, and if you screwed it up, you know, the, the film strips, you know, it, it, you had to, you had to be really smart about how you did the whole thing. Right. And, and, uh, and that was shot, that film was shot in Technicolor. So it wasn't just a film going through the camera. It was actually three film strips going through the camera simultaneously. Wow. That's why the, the Technicolor, that, that actual process of Technicolor, those films, the color is so beautiful compared to what we have today. It's because... Mm -hmm because of that process. And they, they would then marry those three pieces of film together. And then you would get this just incredibly vibrant, you know, uh, uh, Wizard of Oz was shot this way as well as mm -hmm. Gone with the Wind, you know. So it's, it's a, a really amazing thing, but it's also an incredibly big camera to deal with. And there was like, because you think about it when at and I know we're going kind of off the grandparent topic, but that's what makes us <laughs> totally like grandparents because, you know, we just talk about anything and it can come up is when you look at uh, that time when, when I, because I'm in video film production as well. I have a little company that we do some of that. And uh, we, you know, I mean, I bring in new guys that are right out of college and stuff and, and they want to sit down and do some editing right away. And I said, hey, whoa, whoa. When I first started, I was the tape guy. That was my job, you know. <laughs> Put tape right. one and cart three, you know, and that right, was that's right. a, you know, that, that was. And for those who don't know, there was a big room, and there would be editors all around you, and those were the senior guys, and you would take tapes. And you would put them into the machine so they could yep, edit, yep. you know, and that was yep. your job. And yeah, I remember this. Where where were you? Where was this located? In Dallas, in the Dallas area, Dallas. Austin and Dallas, yeah. and Texas, yeah. and working with 
three quarter inch or beta SP or a little, a little uh, of both. Yeah. E2. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it was just like language I to used to work on. Right. Uh, one of my first jobs was a, a cable guy in uh, Austin City Limits. And that was like the coolest thing ever because I got to meet B.B. King and see him up close in a show. Oh, wow. and, and a lot of artists like that. But, you know, yeah. they had the big one inch reels that they would they yes. were basically kind of hanging on the wall and yeah. they would only be like 20 minutes to a reel. So mm-hmm. they'd have to stop the show to change out the tapes, you know, and right. and right. that would take like 10 minutes to do today. Yeah. You don't do mm-hmm. any of that kind of stuff. But right. uh, like most artists would take a break, but that was the coolest thing about BB was he kept the show going because he knew the importance of momentum and that making people continue to laugh and be in the, in the moment when they came back would still be in the moment. And that mm-hmm. was a really great lesson to learn as a mm-hmm. young student, you know, trying to figure out how to make it in the biz. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot has changed since then, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, it's, and, it, and it allows for more creative people to make, uh, you know, things. We talked about a little bit about, um, you know, today there are a lot of people at Netflix and Amazon and there are all these places to put your movies. Now, for yours, this was, you said, your first or second feature well, it's in terms of a, a, a narrative feature. So, uh-huh. the first narrative feature that I've I've done, but I've done uh, a couple of other documentaries, mm. as well as other short films, and you know, different. You know, what were the documentaries things. about? Oh, well, that's funny. You should ask about uh, fathers. Uh, I, I uh, the the first documentary I did is, is called "The Evolution of Dad," uh, and you can check it out at evolutionofdad.com. Okay. And it's uh, about the changing role of fatherhood, oh. uh, which uh, was it, what I discovered. What, a friend of mine suggested this to me, uh, in I think it was around 2007. He said, you should make a documentary about fatherhood. I was like, wow, I'm sure there have been documentaries about fatherhood. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I meant fatherhood with the capital F. I, you know, truthfully, like filming me and my kids hanging out all day was not, right. I was not going to make a great feature length movie. It could so, have, you know, I was, yeah. I, I was much more interested in like the, uh, the issues that went around fatherhood and, and mm-hmm. also uh, dads who were above and beyond what was expected of from our, from our culture mm-hmm. uh, to, for what a dad should, should or shouldn't be doing. Uh, so it was, uh, what I realized is that, uh, there really had not been a documentary about fatherhood. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I was very excited about this and I got a whole bunch of experts and different, uh, dads uh, across the spectrum to be in this film. And it took me about three years to make. Uh, and I also, you know, I, what I real I, what I realized at a certain point when I was, uh, halfway through it was in order to glue it all together, uh, I need to inject myself into it. I wasn't going to initially. I was just going to be like third person sure, yeah. I, you know, outside of it. But then I realized that, no, I had to like, make it into a, a, you know, a journey kind of film, but really have it be about all these other people, but how I was sort of going through this journey and learning from, from their experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was really a powerful experience. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, you can go watch the movie. And the movie played at the White House, uh, during the Obama years, which was very oh, exciting. Wow. That they is very me to cool. come play there. They had a, a fatherhood uh, 
I don't know, it was, it was like an event about, about, you know, fatherhood there that they were trying to, you know, promote. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, our country is pathetic in terms of it being among, the, I think there are like two or three countries left that have, that don't have uh, paid parental leave for, for parents. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, and, we, and we, you know, it's pathetic, it you know, is. in the United States, we're, we're way behind here. Oh my gosh, yes. We saw a documentary once about that. Yeah. About the leave, even the, the paternity leave is something that's definitely missing from the states for sure. I think it was one of the Michael Moore. Oh yeah, it was uh, Michael Moore. Documentaries. It was, it was really was... good. It was really interesting. Oh was, yeah, I'm a was big documentary sicko? person. So. Which one? Was it sicko? Not sicko. That was about no. healthcare. No. Yeah, yeah it was no. about healthcare. And it was about um. And he went to like di- visit went... different countries and different school systems in those different countries yeah. and and those. Oh like, yeah, that like, one. Yeah. yeah um, that was a good one. I like that. Was, it was really it was informative. Little... I always like Michael. Yeah, it, was a, it was a. It was a travelogue film. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, he he was going to conquer. Uh, right. Things and what he found out was everything that all these countries were doing are things that we used to do. Right. Back in the fifties, right? <laughs> they were doing wonderful and great, you know. But uh, I, I read an the article West. from Michael Moore, and one of the really neat things that I that I found from him that I kind of carry with me when I when I'm talking to people about making movies too is that he said that a documentary, a lot of people make a documentary and they make it just studious, and you have to remember that uh, people are spending their money to go to the theater to be entertained. Mm-hmm. So yep, yep, it needs yep. to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I went to a, there was a, a talk with him uh, a, a few towns over from where I live, and I remember him saying that he said, "You know, don't ever call me a documentary filmmaker. Call me a filmmaker." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that there, there's a lot to be said about that, and and you know, and and, and he certainly makes uh, incredibly entertaining movies, mm-hmm. uh, and I and I've. I've always enjoyed them. I, sometimes I, I, it's always a question of whether, you know, how, I think it, he's a little bit too, makes himself a little bit into too easily of a, of a target to dismiss by, yeah. by people, you know, on, on another, the other side of the political spectrum, mm-hmm. which is a little too bad, but, you know, but that's Michael Moore. That's how he sort of right. does it. Yeah. You know? I, I kind of thought what would be a great idea if he directed a, a documentary with Borat in it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Borat. Oh I think gosh. the guy behind Borat. He's got it. He's got it figured out. Yeah, I don't think he needs Michael help. Moore. <laughs> he doesn't need I did help. not see Borat too, though. Oh, did, you, yeah. did you see? Yeah, we did. yeah, I saw it. It yeah. was pretty. Was it good? It was we liked well, it. Oh my god, the first yeah. one. Oh my god. I don't think I think I was like suffocating. I was laughing so hard at the first one. Yeah, mm-hmm. first, the first Borat film. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, that one that was movie, funny. Yeah, that was, was out of control. <laughs> yeah, it's very much that. So. One scene in the hotel room in particular. Right. Oh, oh my god. Gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's funny because no, I don't know. Did you see it? Did you see it uh, at home or did you see it in, in an audience? We did, saw it at home. Did we? At the, ah, oh, the second you? one we the saw at home. One, yeah. yeah, but the first yeah, one well, we saw, yeah. we yeah. saw yeah. at the The first one. Did you see the first one at home or, or with an audience? We saw it at the theater. Yeah, I the think theater we took thing. some yeah. of the kids yeah. on yeah. this, too. The it's adult a, it's kids. A it's a different experience. I, I, I remember seeing it again with a friend of mine in a, just hanging out, and it was like, yeah, this is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, oh, my God, with an audience, it was yeah. just out of control. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting that way. you know. And I think that as filmmakers, we – you know. 
that's something that we really miss in this time is, mm -hmm. is that, you know, is the ability to show our films and, and have, ha and see the reactions that people have. That's, mm -hmm. that, that's a, that's a, you know, an unfortunate part of, uh, of COVID that we've, you know, yeah. Yeah. been in. That's like, like so. we, we released, um, this last movie and, uh, and my executive producers, they always, they're really great because they always put on a big event for us and there'll be a couple of hundred people at it. And they, they rented this big, huge ballroom that they, they normally do for some of the things they do. So they were able to keep all the tables for our part and only four people at the table. And so it's really, it is great to watch it and see if people emote the way you had planned when you wrote it, you know? Mm. Yeah, sure. And that, that's yeah. pretty exciting. <clears throat> yeah. So, so what was the, uh, uh, oh, and when you were talking about it, I was thinking about, you know, the, like, I, I think of like the funniest movie I ever saw that I laughed so hard. I had to go watch it again because everybody was laughing so hard that I missed some of the lines. <laughs> yeah, a stuff. lot of the right. lines. Yeah. yeah. Right. Blazing Saddles. Oh, yeah. Blazing Saddles. Yeah. 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 When it first came out. Yeah. So what was the yeah. second documentary? Uh, the second, the second documentary is uh, it's called "Parents of the Revolution," uh, about a, a group of parents involved with Occupy Wall Street, and mm -hmm. and uh, who, you know who they bring they were bringing their kids up to be civically minded. Wow! Uh, okay. And you know a little bit on, more on the radical side of mm -hmm. of, of doing that, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I thought that was intriguing, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and so I, I followed this group of parents around uh, for about a year and a half or so. Uh, and shape this, you know. And they knew you were following them, right? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think that the, you know what's what's special about uh, documentary is that you you create a, a relationship of trust with people, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and if you do it correctly, I I sort of think I feel it's not just like you're done with the movie and that's it. I, I'm still in touch with those people, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I, cool. I, that's a that's a continuing kind of relationship mm -hmm. that you that you create. I mean, there's there are boundaries in terms of you know not wanting to put. I didn't want to put myself in the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to be about them, mm -hmm. uh, and so you know there was that kind of degree of distance, and they they respected that boundary. But but you know, it was always uh, I sh I always show my films. When I do a documentary, I show it to the the subjects before I put it in public in any way, nice. because they were like, you know, Dana, why oh, my butt really looked big in that <laughs> shot? You know, the coverage you might have, I would say, yeah, I can readjust that. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a degree of trust that I'm 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 giving them an honest portrayal of of how they are, mm -hmm. and I'm not like skewing it in some sort of way with some hidden agenda or something mm -hmm. that I'm, you know, being honest and genuine to, you know, how, how I see them. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it's, a, but it's, and so we're, we're still in touch. I still, cool. I was just talking with one of the subjects uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, that's it's great. a special, special thing, you know, and I think that that's, I think that that's, uh, maybe this is Stevie, this is the experience that you have, uh, but you know, making movies is it's such a social thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I love every aspect of it. Uh, but the, my favorite part of it is the interacting, you know, with, with the people and the collaboration and, and, and all that stuff. That's, that's what's special about it. The least 
part of that, the part that I like the least is the writing of it because it's such an isolated kind of thing. <laughs> the other stuff is where all the you know the enjoyment is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it takes so long, and you gotta you get, you, you feel bad because you're making people wait, you know. And then most of the time, when you're doing low budget movies like mine, you know. We're not paying them enough to, or I feel like, to make them wait, you know, sometimes. Um, right. But you're shaping reality, which sometimes requires people to wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so when did you decide to shift from documentaries into, oh, you know what, before I ask that, because that was one of the things that COVID disrupted when we started the audition process for our last movie, which... Mm. uh you know, I got to meet all these really talented people via, you know, doing it like on Zoom or something. And uh, and, and, it, and it just didn't feel as much as like, you know, I don't know for you as, as a director to me, I feel like kind of like I'm working with Clay. You know, I, mm-hmm. I ask yeah. somebody to do something and then they can react and and I can see. You know, I like <clears throat> to see how all of them reacts, you know, from their sure. from head to toe and. uh and so it can tell me where their range is and how I can work with them to put them into yeah. the character. And I got like one of the neatest things that I got from one of the actors was they told me that uh, they liked that when we did the auditions that I asked them to do different things and I gave them direction. Because when I used to audition, I hated that when a director would say, okay, go ahead and read. And and then they didn't give me any input and I didn't know, you know, I can do that if you tell me, but... So I really wanted everyone to have as much chance as possible to be a part of it. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that sounds like you're, you're very attuned to people and to performance, which is, you know, that's so much about what uh, directing is, is, is being aware of, of, uh, and adjusting it. And, but, you know, there's a, there's a gentleness that's involved in it. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, if you go, that was stupid, you would do it better <laughs> next time. It's not going to work so well. Yeah. That's you know, a, there's, that's... There's, there's a, there's a, there's a degree of gentle gentleness that's mm-hmm. involved in coaxing out. And, and sometimes, sometimes you get people and they, you know, they hit a wall or they're resistant to something and, you know, and it, it, you have to, you have to find creative ways to get what you want on screen as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and for a, us, it's it's also a there's a a proud uh, part of it too because uh, our kids work for me, mm-hmm. and so um, you know and 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 they they look young they're thirties they're in their thirties yeah. and they've gone to film school and they one of them's an engineer so they've got like they're all kinds of way smarter than I am you know I get these emails all the time when people say oh you did such a great job and I'm like okay keep believing that you know but it was them <laughs> and uh, but it is. Uh, you know, but when you hear people say, gosh, it was, you guys did such a professional job and it, it, you know, and you were so easy to work with. And I think, man, why wouldn't everybody be easy to work with? Because this is fun, you know? <laughs> this is a lot of well, fun. Well, that's, you know, I think that some people get caught up in the ego aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a friend of mine actually from high school was in Titanic. Wow. Oh, gosh. And now you started something. Really? Uh, yeah. One of my favorite it, yeah. movies. <laughs> he, he was he was uh, he played um, oh God, he was one of the he was one of the officers. Oh uh-huh. really? Wow. Uh, yeah, and oh, he wow. he was uh, he and and uh, and so he was the one who who uh, when 
when uh, Leonardo DiCaprio comes jumping on board, uh-huh. he asks for his ticket. Yes. Okay. I remember that, yeah. Right. That's right. So that was that's Edward Fletcher, who okay. I went to high school. With. I haven't been I haven't been in touch with him in a long time. But but I this is so there's a little secondhand story from a friend of mine who told me at the time about the experience. Basically, the sun was going down. They had to get the shot, and uh, and James Cameron totally reamed out uh, my friend, my class, <laughs> my old classmate, oh, no. because he didn't look down at the ticket. Oh, no. and he like screamed at him in front of like, oh my god, you know how many hundreds of people, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. you know, and it's just, you know, so it's as much as I as I appreciate James Cameron's work, uh, he has a reputation for yelling at people, and, mm. and it's like, you know, life is too short, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, life is too short to to be. And like, I get it. Maybe in his and, mind, he's mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I got to move all these extras to get that shot again. Yeah, and, that doesn't and matter. I, you know, it just I, you know, like, well, why nice. don't you just shoot it in a close up and have him look down, and nobody knows the difference. Yeah, you know, true. life is life is too short to be you know tearing into somebody mm-hmm. over you know uh, over something like mm-hmm. that. It's, yeah. not, it's just not. It's you know. So I, I'm glad to see you and I have a similar thinking in terms of you know how do we treat people and mm-hmm. and you treat people people with respect and care and and you get them to work with you and you know magic can happen yeah. that's mm-hmm. that's what you're always hoping for right i mean mm-hmm. it's like film films are like uh you know if you're if you do it correctly it feels like lightning in a bottle like oh my god i mean if you the right actors they it's like it just happened for the first time whatever you know uh, whatever's happening in the movie, they're reacting to it in character mm-hmm. at that moment. Yeah. And that's, that's like the best stuff is like, it feels like it's alive. You want something alive as opposed to, uh, all right, we want this cool shot and you just walk over to here and you say this and okay, and you're done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that's just like, it's robotic. Is that what got <laughs> you taking that next step into jumping into? Oh, so, so it's, uh, you asked about documentary. It's not like I uh, uh, woke up, and said, I, I want to be a community filmmaker. I, I had actually been wanting to make, been in love with movies since, as I mentioned, with my dad. Mm-hmm. But since I was a, a nine-year-old nine uh, making little claymation figurines in the basement, mm-hmm. my grandfather would do these little animated uh, Super 8 movies with me. Every every oh, wow. summer we would do a new movie. One, the first, first summer was Cops and Robbers, and the next one was an alien attack, and the next one was a spy <laughs> movie. And, you know, and... and you still uh, have those? Yeah, sure. Cool. I keep everything. (laughs) And, and, you know, and, and, and so my interest has always been narrative movies. And, and, uh, and so I, I went to, I went to undergraduate at Bowdoin college up in Maine. Uh, I was a history major. So my parents uh, impressed upon me that I should focus on getting a liberal arts education and then go to film school thereafter, which I think was a good idea because I was, you know, was mildly immature at that age, would not have absorbed things the way I did a little bit later on. Frankly, I wish I'd gone to film school even later. <laughs> but, but I, uh, you know, I went to NYU graduate film from there uh, oh. and I won a student academy award for my thesis oh. film. That's awesome. Uh, That's and, uh, and got an agent and, and started writing scripts for Hollywood and oh. I sold one. And, and then it was just like that whole craziness just didn't work with me. So, uh, you know, I was, and then I became a dad and then I was, you know, at my Hollywood, I was in, I was living in uh, Hoboken at the time. And my, my film career was kind of going down the sink. And I, I was like, 
but I'm really happy being a dad, you know? And yeah. So I was like, I was perplexed about like my career is going to, you know, hell, but my, uh, but my family life is, you know, really meaningful. And, mm-hmm. and this friend of mine who went to film school with me, uh, you know, made that suggestion. He said, Hey, you should make a documentary. I just gotten a new, uh, a new camera. Uh-huh. He's like, you should make it. You should take the camera and make a documentary about fatherhood. I'm like, Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. You know? And then it was a really eye opening experience doing that. So, so it's not like I, I, I was like always about documentary and some of that. I mean, it, I, there were um, there were teachers at NYU who were very inspiring to me, like uh, Barbara Koppel. Uh, she directed uh, probably most famous for a film called Harlan County, USA, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, about this coal miner strike. Mm-hmm. So okay. she, it was, you know, some really, uh, really intriguing classes that I took with her. And there was another classmate uh, of mine who has gone to do fairly significant things with documentary. And, you know, so this kind of rubbed off on me at the time, sure. but you know, the, the, the truth is that I don't see narrative documentary as being so far removed from each other. I mean, you're even with documentary, you're still, you're crafting, you're, it's just, it's slightly different, you know, you're working with slightly different material, taking real life material and you're shaping it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're still crafting performance by, you know, how you shoot it and, and what you're emphasizing and, and, you know, there are little tweaks here and there. And depending on who you're working with, you can say to the person, Oh, I missed that. Can you see that again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. there's a degree of, uh, coaxing performance mm-hmm. uh, out of people and sort of shaping it without without being like let me crush it. Yeah. Uh, so so there's I, I I don't see them as being so you know uh, apples and oranges. I see them as being uh, just another expression of of, of storytelling. Mm-hmm. The hardest thing for me with a documentary we did one um, two years ago uh, was. You know, you get when you get into it, you start like editing it and you want to get it done real quick. And then when you're done, you realize, how am I going to cut five hours of footage, <laughs> this five hour movie into an hour and 45 or something? You know, that, that was. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Parents of the Revolution was uh, about 100 hours of footage. Oh, <laughs> wow. And that, and that was not even like, you know, that was comparably speaking to other documentaries, that's not even that much. Mm-hmm. But. You know, and 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 that's the that's the wonder about documentary. So there's like a script, you know, you go into the script, and yes, things can adjust and stuff, but it usually resembles the script somewhat. Right. Right. You go in with a documentary, like an idea of what you're going to explore, and it becomes it can become if you're if you're open to it, something completely different and and in a lot of ways better yeah. than the way mm-hmm. you started it. So it's, it's, it's a very, you know, it's exciting that way, but you have to kind of be open to, as, as I like to say, the movie will dictate what it is. It will mm-hmm. just tell you what it is. It will, it will tell you, no, that does not feel right. Yeah. You know? And, and so, you know, when you shoot that much footage of something, you can go in all sorts of different directions but it, what what emerges are you know uh, themes that are that 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 you know <clears throat> that define it clear and make it make a, a, a more clear through line. So for parents of the revolution, what I what I realized at a certain point was that the movie was all about who's parenting who, uh, uh, okay. you know, in terms of the parents parenting their kids, but also about the police parenting 
parenting the parents <laughs> and, and the other protesters yeah. and yeah. about authority, really about authoritarianism mm-hmm. and you know and, and and where is it okay and where is it not okay and 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 that kind of a relationship so that really uh clarified what each scene should be about so it wasn't just like this episodic thing da, 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 but it actually had a shape to it and then the main character who's like the leader of the group it was really her journey, you know, I sort of wrapped it around her journey as well. So, but these things, it, you know, when I was going into like, hey, it'd be cool to make this movie, uh, I had no idea. You know, it's only when you're stepping back from it and having shot all this stuff that you sort of look at it and it's like, oh, this is what this is, Yeah, you know. So, yeah. so it's a wonderful experience doing mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah, I can oh, hear yeah. I can hear that you know you really felt it when you mm-hmm. the way you talk about it still, you know. And what when sure. was that one released? Uh 14. Oh. 2014. Okay. So you know, couple that not, not that long ago, <laughs> but still I was, Yeah, I shot I shot in Zuccotti Park in 2011 and then shot there for about a year and year and a half or so and then then I had to edit it. It's actually all things considered fairly quick. You know, these things can take years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Dana, you know, I don't want to cut you out. It's been a lot of fun, but we're going we're gonna to have to break here. And can you stick around and we'll make this a two-parter? Absolutely. All right. So don't go anywhere. Stick around next time. You know, you'll, you'll hear it next week, actually. Okay. All right. Yay. See you later. See you later. Bye.